Thanks for joining us today on the Harvest Podcast. Now here's today's message. We pray that it will bless your life as you listen. Tis the season to be jolly, right? Thanksgiving's over. Bedlam is over. Congratulations to some, condolences to others. But now, now here we are, the first December the first Sunday in December, and we can start that race to most people's favorite holiday, Christmas. You know, when we hear the beautiful songs, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, Oh, Holy Night, O Little Town of Bethlehem, when we watch the beautiful scenes that modern technology provides us through television and movies, all of our senses, they come together in collaboration to bring to life the miracles the magic and the wonder and the splendor of this season of the year, of Christmas. And as we share the great story of our Lord's entrance into this world, think about it, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords and mighty God himself would step down from eternity and step down into time and wrap himself in flesh and live among men. Even the angels stopped to proclaim the glory of the newborn king. Because of this great gift that God has given us, the world stands in awe. The church in thunderous praises unto God celebrates the gift that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. And specifically, that gift is eternal life. Thank God for eternal life. Because without Jesus coming into the world and without him taking on human form and becoming kin to me, he could not have redeemed me. Jesus, as my kinsman redeemer, saved me from the ills and the plight of mankind. All the results of sinful endeavors are eradicated in the presence of Jesus Christ. For wherever Jesus is, there is heaven. And whenever Jesus shows up, deliverance is bound to happen. So this season... We celebrate his entrance into our world, into our world. But you know, in all the splendor, the glitter, and the pageantry, all the beautiful lights, and the gift-giving, and all the wonderful things that we do to commemorate the birth of the Lord, with the depictions of the manger and all the holy scenes that we have on display, we need to take a moment. And we need to be careful to understand that more than likely that first Christmas was not quite as beautiful as the ones we portray today. The first Christmas was not filled with all the splendor and all the wonderment and all the fine foods and the pageantry and the wrapping paper that is going to engulf our celebration in just a few short weeks. Perhaps the first Christmas was not filled with all the joy and the praise and the wonder that we feel right now, particularly in the life of some of the people who were there and who were directly affected by the gift of the Christ child coming into the world. Now, now we think that joy to the world is wonderful and we thank God for this gift. But if you really think about it, the reality of it, most of the time we have joy in 
retrospect to the gifts that God gives. Think about that with me. Many times, probably most of the time, we are joyful as we look back and are able to see that God's plan was really better than our plan. I believe there are those here who will testify along with me that many times when God gives you a gift, initially it does not always evoke joy and praise and splendor. Because oftentimes it causes confusion and mayhem and chaos. I'm fired. I'm pregnant. And you wonder whether this is a gift from God or a plot from the enemy to destroy your life. And in the Christmas story, which I believe we're all familiar with here today, you would think that Joseph would be filled with excitement about the birth of Jesus Christ. You would think that he would be overjoyed that God had chosen the same woman that he had chosen, that God had set her aside even as he had set her aside. The fact that God himself had chosen Mary should have erased all doubt in Joseph's mind as to whether she was a virtuous woman. You'd think, right? But sometimes, sometimes being chosen of God and selected by God and receiving gifts from God can leave a person in disarray. Because when we see Joseph, we don't see him dancing. We don't see him celebrating. We don't see him opening up gifts with joy and exuberation. No, we see Joseph and he is freaked out. He's worried. He's upset. Because friend, generally when God gives you a gift, it often worries you before it ever blesses you. Frankly, at the time that Joseph leaps from the pages of God's holy word, he's not trying to find a way to get closer to Mary, who is with child. To the contrary, look at Matthew chapter 119, where Joseph is trying to figure out, how in the world can I get out of this as quietly and calmly as possible without drawing any attention to myself? Joseph says, just show me the door so I can get away from this gift. Show me stage left quickly. Historically, many times when God gives us a gift, instead of running toward it, our propensity is to run from it. Because after all, who knows what's in a gift until it's unwrapped? Well, thinking in that vein, perhaps it's not so much the gift that we should be concerned with because ultimately we know that God's gifts always pay off in the end. So perhaps it's not the gift that should trouble us. Perhaps it's the wrapping paper that the gift comes in. Because God's greatest gifts are oftentimes wrapped in problems, wrapped in anxiety, wrapped in worry, wrapped in chaos. 
God's greatest gifts often come to us camouflaged in a fine array of horrible and agitating circumstances that seem insurmountable at that time. It's ironic, but the greatest gifts can come from being laid off of your job. Great gifts can come wrapped up in a package where someone you thought you couldn't live without decides they can live without you and walks out. The fact is, God can give you a gift and you not feel gifted at all. Matter of fact, you may feel betrayed. And then there's the other side of the coin that when God does give you a gift that you're happy about, other people around you may not be happy about it. They sure don't celebrate the great gift that the Lord has given you. They don't come and worship the gift. They often come to kill, steal, and destroy that which God has given you. So today, as we start our journey to Christmas, I want us to move beyond just discussing the birth of Jesus Christ from its historical perspective, as wonderful as that is. And I want us to find something that we can use against the challenges that we face in our life today. I want us to find something that will make our faith vibrant and make our faith relevant and make our faith effective because we don't come just to commemorate a historical God for something that happened 2,000 years ago. We come to recognize a relevant God who is still affecting change in our world today and change in our very hearts. That's why we're here today. very first thing the angel says to worrying Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 is do not be afraid don't fear fear not so why did the angel tell Joseph not to be afraid because fear can paralyze your faith fear can limit your perspective Fear can intimidate your growth. Fear can make you give up on something prematurely, not recognizing that God is not through working his miracle in that gift that he's giving you. Fear can make you give up on something that God wants to use to bless your life. And so fear... Fear can make you want to put away, as in Joseph's case, the only redemption that was available to him. And so because of fear, Joseph was about to quietly divorce the greatest miracle in his life. So we must be very careful that we do not allow fear to rob us of the things God wants to do in our life. Now, I mean, we shouldn't judge Joseph too harshly. I mean, everyone, regardless of how brave they seem, they're afraid of something. It could be any number of things, snakes, spiders, disease, financial setbacks, rejection. I mean, in my case, I'm afraid of my wife. We all have something that we're afraid of. So nothing has changed from the days of Joseph. 
People are still caught in the grips of their fears, and it doesn't change just because it's Christmas season. While it is a time that is joyous, it's a time that's happy, it's a time that is most of all Christ-centered, this season is also full of fear. Fear of not having enough money. Fear of not meeting everyone's expectations. I understand that. I mean, what if my sister doesn't like the fruitcake that I received last year that I'm going to give her this year? I worry about things like that. We worry over meals. We worry over who's not coming to Christmas dinner. And then we turn around and worry who is coming to Christmas dinner. And so even at Christmas time, we experience fear. Well, there are three different types of fear that I believe possibly engulf Joseph's mind that I want to take a look at today. And I don't want to look at them just so we can understand the mind of Joseph or, or understand what Joseph faced, but I want to look at them so we might understand them and apply them in our own life as we face gifts that God wants to give us. Because the fact is, new jobs, new marriages, new children, new opportunities, new obstacles, new enemies, well, they can all be gifts from God. Now, I know, I know, we're used to the traditional gifts that come wrapped in beautiful packages, all tied up neatly with a bow. But friend, I will submit to you today that God does not always wrap his gifts that way. And so what caused Joseph's challenge of fear and adversity? Well, first was the fear of perception something I think we can all relate to. What will people think? You know, the thing is, when God gives you a gift, he gives you something that causes you to be controversial in the eyes of other people. And so Joseph is concerned about what people are going to say when they find out his fiance is with child. And likewise, what will people at your work say if they find out you're a Christian? What would your Facebook friends say if they found out you were a holy roller? Doesn't quite go along with some of your other tweets you've put out there, does it? Now, if you'll notice with me in our society, we seldom waste hate on people who are not gifted. And if you understand that correctly, it's a privilege to be hated for Christ's sake. It's an honor to be chosen and so gifted that someone has put out a contract to kill and destroy you. There are people here today who are on the hit list of hell, but it's only because you're gifted. Friend, even if you don't receive anything for Christmas, even if no one comes by to see you, you are still gifted with life and health and strength and integrity and ideas that Almighty God has birthed on the inside of you. Friend, in God, you are gifted. And so don't allow fear to rob you of the gift that God has given you. Fear of what they will think, what they will say, fear about how 
they feel about me. When I was in high school, I uh, wore my hair with a part on the side, combed over. And, and I was always having a good hair day when it would swoop right down below this eyebrow over here and just touch the top of my eye right over here. Well, I graduated high school, and so I decided I'm going to be a rebel. I'm going to get radical. Now, I know you're thinking of piercing or a tattoo, but no, I decided to part my hair down the middle. That was my, that was my step on the wild side. And so I did it. And that first Sunday that I came back to church, I was scared to death. What are people going to think? What are they going to say? I mean, my goodness, it's, it's going to be a catastrophe. I mean, get real, dummy. I moved my part two inches. Now, you say, oh, well, yeah, I, hey, you were a kid. You know, you're a kid. You know, when kids, we do stupid things like that. That's true. That's true. And I'd like to use that for ex an excuse. But today I'm getting ready for church. I say, Starla, Starla, come here. Is my ball spot covered up? Is my ball spot covered up? People may see it. Is, is it covered up? Yeah, really, no. Fear of what people think. Now, if you've seen some of my brother-in-law, Gary's outfit, outfits, you know he does not suffer from this fear. <laughs> not Gary. And if you've seen some of Benny's goofy hats, you know he doesn't suffer from that fear either. But us normal people, a lot of times we're a little bit concerned about what others are going to think. The fear of misperceptions often rob us of the gifts that God came to give us. So during this Christmas season, if you can shake off the fear of perception, then in the new year, you're going to be ready to receive what God has in store for you. Because I can assure you, God wants to gift blessings to you next year, but you're not going to be able to receive them if you are more concerned about people's perceptions than you are about the power of God in your life and what He wants to do in your life. must not be consumed with what people think. Secondly, we need to be careful about the fear of provision. Can I afford this gift? Do I have what it takes to maintain this gift? When I graduated college, I went to work for one of the largest accounting firms in the world. And after I'd been there around a year, my dad was diagnosed uh, with a brain tumor on his stem, which most of you know that story. Well, at the time, we were about nine months from finishing the main sanctuary over at Crossroads. There wasn't anyone on staff. It was my dad, a secretary, and some part-time custodial help meeting in this building at the time. And so that's when I left my job at the accounting firm, took a cut in pay, and I started working for the church. That was when it was. And my primary responsibility was to oversee the construction project as we were finishing up. Now, of course, I had no idea what I was doing. But I didn't tell my dad that. Oh, yeah, Dad, I got this covered. No problem, Dan. But 
I can assure you he knew that I didn't know what I was doing. Well, that's not the point of my story. The point is that a couple of months after my dad's surgery, he was kind of getting back in the saddle again. And so, and so I took my mom and dad out to a very nice restaurant that they'd never been to. And I took them there to show them my appreciation, number one, for my job and, and how much I loved them and the fact that they had that much confidence in me that they would allow me to fulfill that position. And so we sat down, and as the waiter dropped a white linen napkin into our lap and began to discuss the special options that weren't on the menu, I noticed that my mom didn't seem particularly happy. She kind of had that look that moms get, and sometimes wives. And, so, and, and after the waiter left, she peered over the top of her menu, not to say what a great son I was, not to say how thoughtful and loving I was. She said, Mike, have you seen these prices? Are you crazy? My point is that we need to be careful that when God takes us to a new place of blessings, that we are not so worried about how much it costs that we cannot enjoy the meal. Worried of God providing. Now, I'm not implying that Joseph didn't have any resources. I mean, obviously, he had enough to provide a dowry in order to espouse the virgin to be his bride. Obviously, Joseph had enough resources that as he and his pregnant wife were traveling, he wasn't looking for a handout. He was looking for a hotel. I mean, you don't check into the Hilton if you don't have some cash. It's a fact. But you see, when you're dealing with God, you need to understand that sometimes you need provisions, you need favor that don't come with a price tag. Joseph had the money, but the ends were full. Isn't it interesting that you may have the money you need to go where you think you need to go, but suddenly you find out that your money is not the only provision that you need to sustain you where God wants you to be. In other words, I'm trying to tell you that God wants to give you some things that money simply cannot buy. Fear not. Don't be afraid. God has your provisions covered. I mean, just like he did for Mary and Joseph, God already has a place prepared for you. God already has a provision set up for your benefit. And when people shut the door on you, it's only a sign that God is about to open up another door in your life. Someone here today needs to thank God for shut doors because he shut that door in order to open up the other door that you need to go through to realize your full potential and your full blessing. In the Christmas story, man shut baby Jesus out. They told Joseph, you can't come to this hotel. We're filled for the night. We don't have any vacancies. Hey, Motel 6 would not leave the light on for them. But God had already set up the provision for another open door. Fear not when man closes the door because God always opens another one for you. How many people here? <laughs> 
How many of you are believing God for open doors in your life? Well, if you are, you're standing on the word because of Revelation, Revelation chapter 3, 8 says, See, I have set before you an open door, and a few can shut it. Some can shut it. No, that's not what it says. And no one can shut it. No one can shut the door I have opened for you. For you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Friend, you don't have to live in fear of someone shutting the door that God has opened. So the question is, can you receive that word for yourself that God already, already, already has provision set up for you in this coming year? It is set, it is firm, it is anchored, it is concrete, it is unmovable. Fear not. Wherever God guides, He will provide. He will provide. Third thing that Joseph was facing, I believe, was the fear of providence, fear of perception, fear of provision, now the fear of providence. Now providence is, in this case, simply God's will and God's guidance. You may think providence means something else, but providence starts with a P and it goes with provision and uh, perception, and so I'm using providence here. Man, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Terry got it. God's will and God's guidance, his providence. And so really what this fear is, God, if I go, will you go with me? God, if I say yes to this new door, if I say yes to this new direction, if I seize this opportunity, I would sure be a lot more confident. I would sure feel a lot better if I knew for sure that you were going to be with me every step of the way. And the reason is because we know that if God goes with us, the storm can break out, the lightning can flash, the thunder can roar, and our boat still will not sink because we have God's providence. And really what that means is, if I have God's providence, then I won't need to worry about perceptions or provisions at all. Have you ever noticed that Christmas looks better in retrospect than it does in reality? Ah, the good old days. Christmas passed. I mean, no one was anxious except the kids on Christmas morning. Everyone got along. It was lovely. Everyone spoke so nicely to each other. Crazy Uncle Joe and mean Aunt Susie weren't old enough to ruin Christmas dinner yet. Those pleasant memories. Well, in the same vein, maybe life looks better when we look back at it than it does while we are living it. There is a good chance that there is someone in this room right now that is rejoicing 
about something you used to cry about, something you used to worry about, something you used to fret about. But because God has brought you through now, you see, you're able to see his plan. And it's a time of rejoicing. And so maybe it's in retrospect that God calibrates and balances the issues and the variations of our life. Maybe, maybe it's when we look back at life that we say, you know what, it was good for me that I was afflicted because if I hadn't gone through what I went through, if I hadn't faced it, if I hadn't been fired, if I hadn't been rejected, I wouldn't have found the door that God had made just for me. In fact, while I'm thinking about it, thank you for hating me. Thank you for rejecting me. Thank you for disappointing me. Thank you for shutting that door and telling me, no, Joseph, you can't stay here. You're not welcome here. Because if you hadn't done that, I would have never been able to spend the night in a barn illuminated by stars, serenaded by angels, and behold the wondrous splendor of God's provision that takes us away from the normal. We don't like it when we get outside the normal. The norm is our comfort zone. I want you to understand where God wants to bless you may be outside of the box. It may be outside of the system. It may be away from your norm. It may be in a place where you never thought a blessing could ever be. Like Joseph, God may bless you in the most unlikely And so my advice to you is don't worry when God passes a hotel and takes you to a stable because God has a way of turning that barn into a penthouse. Friend, I want you to know that this Christmas season, this upcoming year, God is up to something in your life if you will receive it. Because in every stable, in every manger, with the mooing of every cow, God was up to something. Anytime God takes a holy thing and puts it in the mundane, he is up to something. Anytime God promises you a blessing and all you see is trouble, that means God is up to something. Anytime God takes you out of the system, God is up to something. So stop being afraid of change because whenever God is getting ready to rearrange your life, you need to be open and you need to say, God, change whatever needs to be changed. Lord, move whatever needs to be moved. Shake whatever needs to be shaken because, Father, I trust you and I open this gift by faith. Fear not. God is up to something in your life. And so we looked at the fear of perception, the fear of provision, the fear of promise, as they applied to Joseph in the Christmas story. And so, to conclude, I want to share a few other takeaway points that come from our text. God says to Joseph in Matthew Chapter 1, verse 20. Do not be afraid, for that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. And I think what God wants, to, to see, wants us to see in that is we need to stop worrying about how things are going to turn out. Because whenever God starts something, 
God is more than able to finish it. And to those of you who are in a new season, you're on a new adventure, and you're intimidated and you're terrified about the journey, you don't have to worry about how you are going to finish it. Because Philippians 1.6 says, Be confident of this very thing. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do not fear. It is going to be all right. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. If God starts it, you can be sure God is able to finish it in your life. thing is down in verse 24 and 25 where the Bible says Joseph woke and took Mary as his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Pastor Travis and I we were talking about this before service and, and you know we really there's really not much thought why it occurred that way. We didn't know if it was tradition or what, but, but the fact is that Joseph walked beside Mary. He loved Mary. He married her, but he did not consummate his marriage with her until after baby Jesus was born. And what I believe God wants us to get out of that is don't touch things while God is working on them. Don't touch things while God is on the job. When God is working in your life, be still and let God be God. God says, hey, when I'm working things out, I am still in control. Don't worry. So you don't need to call anyone. You don't need to write anyone. You don't need to cry. You don't need to whine. I'm not finished. Jesus told Mary the same thing over in John chapter 20, verse 17, after he was resurrected. He said, do not touch me. Do not detain me. For I have not yet ascended to my Father. Don't mess with my business. I've got things i got to do. We need to have patience and let God bring our gift to completion. The last thing I want to share with you is God does not wait until people reject you to have prepared another place for you. God already had the manger in place. It was already prepared. And while people are shutting doors, God already has a place set for you. And our mission, our job is to find that place that God has prepared specifically for us. To find that open door that he's opened specifically for us. God wasn't surprised. He wasn't caught off guard when all the ends were full. God didn't have to come up with a plan B on the spur of the moment. Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus ended up exactly where God wanted them to be when he wanted them to be there. The horses, the sheep, the cows, the manger, the stable had already been cast in their roles to be a part of the birth of the Savior of the world. And they were exactly in the place where God had intended them to be. 
So I want to tell someone who is here today and you've been wondering where you fit in. You've been wondering where you belong. I want to tell you God Almighty already has your place. And God's place for you is where the miracles and the blessings and the joy and the peace happen in your life. This is the place that God has prepared to you where no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. God has your stable already set up. I mean, think about this. Outside of the stable, King Herod was trying to kill baby Jesus. But inside the place that God had set aside, Jesus was safe and secure. Not in any danger at all. Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty You, Lord, are my refuge. You, God, are my fortress. Friend, I want you to know God has a place for you where the wicked shall cease from troubling you and the weary get some rest. Make no mistake, friend. God has a Christmas gift just for you. Every gift God ever gave me scared me to death. Told me to walk away from a career, it scared me to death. Called me to preach, it scared me to death. Called me to pastor, it scared me to death. I am a living witness that you don't have to be afraid of the gifts that God gives. Now, there's no doubt they may scare you in the beginning. But if you hang on and you hold on and you keep walking by faith, God is faithful and he will bring you through. No doubt about it. Bow your heads with me if you would. Now there's no doubt that we live in troubling times. There's uncertainty, there's unrest, there's anxiety, there's fear. Every place you look. But I want you to know that to this worried generation, God's word to Mary and Joseph still applies. Fear not. Fear not. For the Lord is. Fear not, for the Lord is with you. Fear not, for the Lord is with you. Can you let that get down in your spirit today? The Lord is with you. And if you're here today and you are in Christ, you are born again, you are a new creation, that gift which is in you has been conceived by the Holy Spirit And he who has begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Friend, God is not just your co-pilot. He is your pilot. And he will take you safely home. God is in our midst today. God is in this room. Now, I know that as we race towards Christmas, it's going to be busy. 
I know everyone in this room is looking forward to a wonderful holiday. But before that gets here, today, right now, let's do something. Let's do something that is important. Let's do the most important thing that you will ever do. And that is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, if you're here and things aren't right between you and God, I mean, whatever that means, maybe you've never given your life to Him, or maybe it means that you have given your life to Him at one time, but you strayed away. Let's unwrap God's greatest gift to planet Earth, Jesus Christ. He is here. He is waiting. So if you're here today and you know there are things in your life that aren't pleasing to God, you know there's things that you need forgiveness for, would you raise your hand all over this room as we receive what God has for us? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. This isn't about reindeers. This isn't about decorations. It's not about trees. This is about you making the most important decision regarding your entire eternity. Not just this Christmas, not just next Christmas, but your eternity. If you need Christ to forgive your sins, slip your hand up, if you would. Any others? I see those. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Stand with me, if you would. Altar workers, prayer team, elders, would you come and take your place? Everything we've done in this service so far has pointed to this moment right now where you can come and find life eternal through Jesus Christ. These altars are open. 